Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, the podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist. Today, we're going to be talking about future faking. Before we get to the introduction of the podcast, Eliza, give us a very quick two-sentence rundown of what future faking is. I'd never even heard of this term. Future faking is usually done by people with narcissistic tendencies. Oh, and it's here when we go. they promise the world to someone, I'm going to marry you, I want to have your babies, I'm going to buy you a big house. And they either, one, don't fulfill it, or two, break up with them very soon after doing it. Okay, so we're going to be talking <laughs> all about that. And trust me, guys, this podcast is going to be the best podcast you've ever listened to. This podcast is going to change your life if you listen to this podcast. So... You see what I'm doing there? Is That's that, is that funny? setting high expectation I'm, I'm, there. I'm future faking the podcast. Okay. Oh, I anyway. was like, shit, I'm going to make this really good I, now. Uh, I am a comedian, but uh, that didn't one didn't work. On but hey, if you come see me didn't live, me. <laughs> you'll get uh, much better jokes be than better. that. i got shows in Sydney regular, regularly in Sydney every week, every month in Western Sydney, every month in Newcastle. Every month in Melbourne as well. Go to neildan.com. We also have topics, questions, and shout-outs available. neilcolhatkett.com slash podcasts. All the money from those subscriptions goes straight to charity, 100% of it. And this podcast is sponsored by Crush Organic CBD Oil. That's Crush Organics with a K. They've got a huge range of CBD oil products. They got the day and night oil. They got the platinum oil, the diamond oil. They got any sort of CBD oil. If you're looking for a stronger oil or a weaker one, they have got it. They've got gummies as well. They got pain creams, bath bombs, everything. Like I always say, okay, every country would be at peace if everyone just took a little bit of CBD oil. There'd be no conflict, no wars, nothing. So get yourself some CBD oil. Go to crushorganics.com. Use the code Neil for 40% off. All right. Oh, that was a nice, speedy introduction that time, actually. So <laughs> yeah. Here we are. That's good. Getting into the uh, yeah. best podcast of all time. What did I say? What did I What did I future fake <laughs> about this one? Probably that, yeah. The best, most informative, exciting Something podcast like to ever yeah. exist. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm imagining... I'm basically imagining this is a this is definitely the sort of thing a fuckboy would do and and men who are maybe yes. unfaithful that's the stereotype you know oh baby I'm going to I'm going to leave her I'm going to give you everything I'm going to do this I'm going to do that how much of that is a sort of conscious manipulation tactic and how much of it is them genuinely feeling oh look I think I can give all of this to you and then maybe it doesn't pan out in the same way uh, look a, a business might make certain promises and they might do everything that is reasonably expected of them but it just doesn't work out a politician might make certain promises as they always do if, actually if anyone is, is, is guilty of future faking it's politicians they say all sorts of things and invariably mm. it never happens so how much of this needs to be diagnosed as a particular um, aberrational phenomenon and how much of it is just uh, people you know, aiming high and maybe not necessarily living up to that. Yeah, it's an interesting point. And when you say like, you know, fuck boys and things like that, it does make me think like, is it actually, if you do any research on future faking, it's all saying it's from, it comes from narcissists or people with narcissistic tendencies. But is it really like that? Or is it just a good pickup technique as well? Or a good way that people know influence, particularly women, um, 
to feel secure in their relationships, desire for the future and more committed early on because they think all these things are going to happen. So I think the difference between when it's toxic and when it's not toxic or when it's future faking or just genuine is, well, I guess you're not going to tell until long term and see (laughs) if it actually happens. Um, And I think about, you know, when we actually did a podcast once on love bombing. And so love bombing is quite similar to this as well. And to be honest, at the start of my relationship with Adrian, like I, I never doubted his, um, his being genuine. Um, but he, you know, people might consider it as love bombing or consider this, uh, what happened to us as future faking because so early, literally weeks into our relationship, he was like, um, talking about the future. He was like, I want to move out of Sydney with you. I just want to buy a nice little property. I want to get a dog with you. Um, I could so see you being like the mother of my children. Anyway, it's all ended up happening <laughs> within two years. So it's genuine. But I remember my friends being like, oh my God, like <laughs> this is not healthy. Um, you you guys need to like chill out it, it, a little bit. Um, it so, seems so, yeah. from, a, from a male perspective, a lot of groups of female friends are very and very reasonable to to have this uh, protective mechanism, but they're very wary and cautious of their girlfriends being uh, taken advantage of and, and getting trapped in these sorts of, you know, yeah. we all love that, we're toxic relationships. But it, what can happen is the behavior exhibited by someone who's authentically looking for a romantic connection and the behavior exhibited yeah. by someone who is this, you know, whatever you want to call them, toxic fuckboy, narcissist, etc., are almost identical because they're going to say the same things. Yeah. They're going to promise the yes. same things. And you almost have no way of uh, deciphering Only whether they're genuine or not. Tell. So it's almost like this yeah. gambling attempt for women. And yeah. I can see why the friends would uh, take the safe approach and say, oh, no. He's probably a manipulator. He's probably just saying these things to get in your pants and then he's going to reject you when there's probably a lot of men who've been sort of mistaken as that sort of archetype when they actually had genuine intentions. So uh, uh, some of those terms, they definitely frustrate me, something like love bombing because do we really want to problematize something like expressions of love? Uh, I know there are definitely people out there who who use it for nefarious means, but should the consequence be uh, an incredible amount of caution towards any man who expresses uh, love to a degree that is considered potentially problematic, you know? It's it's yeah. it's a tightrope, isn't it? And something like future faking, part of that is just uh, it's sort of emotional expressions of romance, isn't it? You know, so I want to I want to love you yeah. forever, and I want to just get away with you yeah. and and go on amazing holidays every year. And I want to just live with you in a big house and have kids. Sometimes you say those sorts of things in the moment. Uh, because you're, the feelings of love are just bubbling up inside of you. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a lie, but it's it's in the same way songwriters will be very hyperbolic and express things in a very romantic, emotional way. I, I can't help but feel... I've probably said certain things like that in previous relationships and that 
I mm. think is where it's coming from. I don't, I, I'm not consciously yeah. coming from a place of if I say X, she will think Y and then I'll have her, <laughs> you know? And, and yeah. I'm, again, I'm yeah. just talking from, from my own perspective here, but what do you think about something like that, that where people might be missing out on very uh, authentic relationships yeah. because they see certain cues and just assume, oh, it's pernicious, that particular behavior? Yeah. It is interesting and it is quite sad almost. And we kind of talked about it in our last podcast, actually, we were talking about, you know, how women seek um, so much emotional connection, yet if you are too emotionally connected early on, it's like a red flag (laughs) when you're trying to date or whatever. And it is like, it's almost definitely become things that, you know, I I had always dreamt of um, from being a little girl and now considered a a red flag. And I remember um, when... I started dating Adrian and I was telling my girlfriends like, you know, obviously before dating Adrian, I was like fully single and I booked myself a little solo trip, like a farm stay kind of for a few days. And then after three weeks of knowing Adrian, I went and I brought him with me and they were like, this is so dangerous. Like you've only known him for three weeks. And I was like, it's three nights away. Like I'm so, why is this such a, why is that danger? Like, why is it such a red flag that he, he said yes to coming away to my invite like <laughs> I invited him and I paid for it and anyway and then I also actually at that time um a few weeks later maybe we'd been dating only like six weeks two months and I hadn't had my period our entire relationship and I thought like I'd only realized randomly one day when I was with him and I started freaking out because I've never missed a period my entire life since you know I got a 12 years old and I was like, fuck, I think I might be pregnant. Like, what if I'm pregnant with <laughs> with another guy, like from prior, from before oh. Adrian? <laughs> um, and because it was my first ever time ever missing a period. And um, I was just had like a meltdown. I was like, I'm so sorry. I know like I just like I barely know you and I'm like crying, freaking out about being pregnant to another guy. And he was like, damn. And he goes, that's like, that's okay. Like if, if you're pregnant, we can, we'll date and I can be like a little stepdad or, or help wow. you. That's, that's totally fine. Don't worry. Like it's not going to change anything. And I was so touched by that. I just thought, and he was like, you yeah, know, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to be a dad. That would, that would be exciting. And I was so touched. And I was like, that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And I told my friends and they were like, red flag, red abort mission. <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> anyway, I wasn't pregnant. Thank God. Um, I mean, what, I am now, but can um, I ask what did they think but, was yeah. the, because in theory, that does sound like the sort of response that a lot of women would want from a man in that situation, you know, no well, judgment and being caring yeah. and, and kind and, and not sort of, it doesn't sound like he was uh, excited by the fact that you were pregnant, but he wasn't put no, off by it either he was just accepting. oh okay that's yeah. just is what it is and yeah. i like you as a person and uh yeah. regardless of whether you are pregnant or not i'd like to continue this that seems to me like the perfect response so yeah and why, that's what i thought <laughs> what did your what were your friends saying was uh, a red flag about that response do you think it was just too good to be true they didn't trust it what do you think it was yeah i think it's it's more of that that they had thought maybe i was either being manipulated or they thought well to actually they're referring it to their own experience of men and all of my friends have had really terrible 
relationships with men or um, experiences dating and I guess actually experience genuine future faking and things like that. So they thought this is just like he's pulling the wool over your eyes. And at that point, they'd never met Adrian either. So the second they met him and they saw, which was interesting that these his personality traits of being really shy, quite introverted, like he's very, very gentle. They instantly trusted him and was like, oh my God, I take back everything I ever said. But I was like, what if he was extroverted and still said all those things? Would it still have been a red flag? So it is interesting how like, when they see like that he's actually really like quiet, gentle guy, they're like, oh, that's, he was being genuine. That's so sweet. And I just kept thinking, but what if he wasn't quiet? (laughs) What if he was just an outgoing guy that also said those exact same things? But it is interesting. Um, And I think it is because people relate it to their past experience. And I have definitely had future faking so many times from other guys that I've dated that was absolutely not genuine. I never really fell for it I kind of like eye roll being like yeah yeah like I remember I took this guy basically off the street (laughs) and we had a weird thing and he was like homeless uh he wasn't homeless homeless but um he'd just been like evicted or something and he was crashing on a friend's couch and he also like lost his tools and was jobless and all this stuff and I basically I act well I literally became a sugar mama um where I was like paying for his accommodation I was giving him money I was paying him like feeding him um and he was he was a ball of uh drama let me just put it that way and I was going through some uh, some things I don't know what I was doing with him but it was fun I guess it was dramatic and um (laughs) He would always promise me, he's like, I'm going to get so rich and I'm going to fucking take you on a boat. I'm going to buy you this. I'm going to buy you that. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to take you on a trip. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see, mate. But um, none of that mm. ever, ever happened. Um, but yeah. I still like to jump in there and say, we don't know what his intentions. And, and this goes for any man who might express certain desires that don't necessarily necessarily come to fruition we don't know what their intentions initially were when they said something like that again i i wonder how many of those men were consciously thinking oh if i say these things she'll fall in love with me and therefore i've got her i've I've trapped her or how many of those men genuinely think this is what i want to do and and i'm just gonna aim high and and say i'm you're now my motivation which again that's not necessary. That's a very unhealthy outlook to have. It shouldn't be that someone else is motivating you to act in a certain way, but uh, within reason, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, look, yeah. when it comes to romantic love, that can be a very, I wouldn't like to put a, a phrase on it, but that, yeah, sure, that's definitely something to be wary of. But at the same time, I don't think those are necessarily sort of immoral or impure intentions there. It could genuinely be that, well, well, we'll say the man here, but I'm sure there are situations where men have been future faked as well. I mean, something like uh, there's always the, the the talk of, I guess, the trap where a woman before marriage will act in a certain way. And then as soon as the marriage happens or as soon as kids come about, uh, she stops trying as well. But then in a way he, you know, I don't like seeing something like marriage or kids as a trap, but that's how people would describe <laughs> it. But uh, yeah. I think you really have to look at the, I just think it's, I can't help but feel it's very unfair. And this does come from 
a lot of personal experiences, one in particular where I was uh, called a lot of these buzzwords and Mm -hmm. my intentions were never to sort of manipulate someone to feel a certain way so that they'd get back with me or so that they'd perceive me uh, in a, in a, you know, angelic light. It was because I genuinely meant what I was saying and I genuinely felt a certain way and I felt remorse for certain things I'd done, but I also felt upset about something. And I said, you know, this is how, this is the things we can do if we, if we continue this. And that was perceived as very manipulative when that's just genuinely what I meant. I don't know what, uh, the, the actual criteria is for something to just be perceived as, uh, manipulative or to be perceived as just fanciful and thinking romantically and not thinking realistically and so i'm always very wary with these with these sorts of topics you know it's such like you said it's a tightrope it's or maybe you said that in the last podcast (laughs) but at some point you said it was a tightrope it's such a fine line to balance and understand when it's genuine or when it's even subconscious manipulation that we're not aware of like i know which relationship you're talking about and i wholeheartedly also believe that you were so genuine with your intentions and things like that so i don't think that it applies to you but i can see how you'd be like well isn't this what most guys are doing and i actually saw a video um today um where on tiktok where a guy was saying my toxic trait is or my red flag is um falling in love with every single woman i meet and then promising them um a ring and babies within two weeks and it was stitched by someone being like well that's what future faking is and what was interesting is that the guy was aware that this was his toxic trait but it seemed like it was genuine to him because he literally said falling in love straight away. Um, but he was subconsciously manipulating someone knowing like, oh, but maybe it wasn't manipulation. Maybe that's just genuinely how he feels, even though he knows that he does it to 15 women a week. And when you get so swept up and you say all these things, but I think, you know, the, the definition of manipulation is whether it's conscious or subconscious, it is stating things or doing things in order to influence someone else's behavior to get them to do what you want and i think the biggest part of future faking that people have you know that people reference does often come in conflict when say i'm really upset saying abc and we do see this happen all the time in relationships i'm upset because you never um you never do this and then he's like i'm gonna i promise you babe like give me another chance i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go to therapy i'm gonna do make you dinner every day please 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 and then she falls for that the the false promises and then it doesn't happen and what was interesting before is when you were saying you know like it goes both ways women future fake too my first thought was do women future fake as much as men because if i was like i'm gonna marry you and have babies with you straight away after that would be a red flag for most men and really intense can i just jump in okay you go yeah i was gonna say but then i i um realized that women do future fake in another way where they say things like like i like to have sex every single day that's what i mean years into a relationship I'm a cool girl. Like, I don't react for anything. You can have fucking strippers at your house. I don't care. Like, I'm really casual like that. I'm open to threesomes. 
precincts are great. And And then as soon as it comes down to it, and I know my friends do that. I know my friends absolutely have done that. In fact, one of my best mates did that and it was her first relationship. And she was like, I didn't realize, like to her, it was genuine. She was like, I didn't realize like, how casual I I could be in in a relationship. I didn't realize like I'd be so accepting of of this. And she was offering threesomes and saying like, yeah, this stuff doesn't bother me. And then the second, like six months into his their relationship, that he was like, should we like ask that girl because they both commented on her being hot for a threesome. She was like, how fucking dare you? She was disgusted. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I just thought okay. it was so interesting because to her it was genuine at the time, <laughs> totally genuine. But subconsciously she was kind of manipulating him because she wanted him to feel she's desirable and <laughs> was thinking this is what a man desires. But that's a cool what, girl. <laughs> isn't that what we all do to some degree when we're dating? Mm. We we you know mm. we say things that we're not lying, but we're trying to paint ourselves and the potential relationship that this person could experience with us in a very positive light. That's to some degree, even if we're not directly saying, this is what it's going to be like, this is what I'll do. We're presenting yeah. a version of ourselves that's not truthful. That's it's, well, See, truthful is a funny word. It's not, it's the best, it's we're putting our best foot forward and, you know, the partner's not seeing us when we're, stressed and and unhealthy and and going through a terrible time in our lives because that's when the relationship is yeah. really tested obviously but when we uh go through the process of dating there's some form of whether explicit or implicit future faking or even manipulation if we're just defining it as certain actions to to get someone to feel a certain way we're all trying to uh especially if we like the other person, if we go on a date and we like that other person, we're going to engage in behaviours, even if they're as subtle as something we talked about in a very early podcast when women are uh, attracted mm-hmm. to someone, there's certain, you know, they play with their hair and, and their wrists and things like that and a man will maybe stick his chest yeah. out and look a certain way, do certain things. These arguably are uh, implicit, implicit actions of, manipulation because we're trying to make ourselves more attractive to to have this other person feel attraction towards us now i think with a lot of these things it's just Mm. yeah there are very ubiquitous phenomenon that occurs within almost everyone but when it gets to a certain context and extent that's when it's defined as a certain phrase so that's when it becomes manipulation that's when it becomes gaslighting that's when it becomes future faking whatever the buzzword may be but i i yeah i just i can definitely see how this would be so frustrating and and cruel and callous for someone who's just been lied to you've been told certain things about what your partner will will do and what they're going to promise in a relationship and if they just don't live up to that and if they don't make an effort to live up to that and then if you bring it up they then get mad at you well then that is gaslighting isn't it you know they make you feel crazy like you're asking for too much when they've explicitly said this is what you can expect if you engage in a relationship with me i have absolutely no doubt in my mind that is a disgusting thing to do especially if it's conscious i just Mm -hmm. think it's so complicated because like i Mm -hmm. said earlier there's some people who are very authentic and mean what they say or at least are going to at least try 
to the best of their ability to uh, achieve what they've set out to achieve. And if they're saying, you know, I'm going to buy you this dream house and take us out on a yacht, they're going to at least try to do that. They're, they're not lying. Uh, and, and when you conflate the two, uh, that is messy and, and actually, I think, dangerous. I wonder how many people have avoided what could be really enriching relationships because the other person has exhibited certain cues that maybe even they don't feel cautious about or they get they don't get the ick about but their friends have said oh steer clear of this person or be wary of that and so Definitely, it's very complicated yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah it's hard i feel like there are elements that you know people do put the best of themselves first or forward when you first start dating someone and there are definitely elements of people being genuine when they're like, yeah, I want to do that too. Let's do that. Or I'm going to do this with you because they're excited and they're like high on love and in the honeymoon phase and blah, blah, blah. We're going to have a really big wedding. And like, I don't want people going around and being like, he future faked me because he promised me a wedding in Fiji and it didn't happen or whatever. Like it, it is, I guess that fine line. And it, it is another buzzword. Um, I know that though, like I actually learned from my last relationship um, before Adrian, he he and I were friends for years and years before we ever got into a relationship, like really good friends for like six, I don't know, six, eight years, I can't remember. And we met, um, we hadn't, we kind of like drifted for like a year or so. And then we actually ran into each other in London when we were both traveling and we kind of connected there as, as just as friends. And when we were in London together, I was saying like, I really want to backpack through blah, blah, blah. Cause you know, when you're traveling and you're like, I want to travel, I want to travel, blah, blah, blah. You want to do more. And he was like, holy shit. I have the same plan to do that next year. Like, do you want to go together? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, cool. I really want to travel here. I want to travel there. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I was like, yeah, cool. And I was kind of newly single. I really was like, genuinely trying to find myself thinking that's what I do anyway ended up in a relationship with this guy and then like a few months into our relationship he started talking about like um traveling and he was saying you know I want to work in Spain for like a couple of years and I want you to come with me and all this stuff and I was like no (laughs) I was like I want to settle down like I want to do this and this I'm getting too old I want to travel the world now I feel like I've done enough traveling and he was like oh but you said you'd go do this with me and I was like but I meant like backpacking once and I was kind of like single then and then I realized had I like have I future faked (laughs) someone by accident because I've said this when I was single but didn't mean it in a relationship it's different for me um but then when I like you know met Adrian I was so conscious of like this is what I expect or want in a relationship and this is what I will like not offer but this is what you know I want to do and whatever um and not promise or suggest anything that was outside of my realm of reality which you you know everyone wants to dream I remember there was um I can't remember where I read this, but it was saying, and I can't remember as well if it applies for just women or or men and women, but basically it was saying that desire and feelings for someone in early on in a relationship actually grow, not when you're with someone, but when you're apart from someone and you're thinking and, and wondering about what the future entails. And 
you're fantasizing about your future and that is actually what makes your feelings grow. Um, so future faking, when you think about it in that way, is the ultimate tool to secure someone's bond and feelings for you because they're like, you don't have to fantasize about this future. I'm literally promising it to you and I'm saying this is what I want. But I think that when you do like hashtag future faking on TikTok and you look at videos, it's just all these girls, like thousands of them with the same story of literally within a couple of days, this guy was saying he wants to marry me. He's going to buy a house. He was saying, this isn't my house. This is our house to his house when she visited for the first time um, and then randomly broke up with them. And in basically every single scenario there, the guy broke up with the girl, even though he was the one saying, we're going to do all these things. And she was always a bit more hesitant. And so he was coming across to be way more in love and invested than she was, but then ended up being the one to enter the relation end the relationship. And very early on, like after a month or two or three. Okay. That's yeah. So maybe that, that's the kind that of defining factor. Can be called out. Yeah. yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, that's mm. yeah. That's, very strange especially if they're breaking up with them after a month i mean there's something going on there there's a there's a maybe it's it's a like you sort of touched on there it's a it's a mechanism to try and win over someone's bond and it it is occurring potentially subconsciously because our bodies are interested in propagating our dna and we just will partake in any possible strategy to do that and so we're fighting with our nature there in trying to fight against it hell i know i remember mm. back to some of my earliest crushes in in primary and high school and all i did was fantasize about a very romantic future with that person i fantasized yeah. about being in a long-term relationship with them and then maybe marrying them one day and oh. and you know doing all these heroic deeds for them <laughs> saving them from a guy that was being dangerous to them and all these things. And that just naturally happened when I was a kid, when I had a crush on someone. So uh, I never said, I don't think I ever said any of those things directly to a girl. I'm trying to think if I've ever future faked. I've definitely said very romantic things, but I I sort of, like I said earlier, I, I, I would suggest I'm doing that. And it's not, I don't think, that I'm lying on. I mean, maybe I am, but in the same way a, a songwriter says really intense romantic things in a song, you know, you're, what would a songwriter say? Something like, you're my everything. And, you know, yeah. all I think about is you, yeah. all these sort of romantic things. Those are the thought of the sort of things I might say when, like, I just want to, you know, cuddle you forever and just want you to move in here forever. These sorts of things, you know, in the heat of the moment, you say that. It's not like I literally mean, hey, tomorrow come move in with me forever. And I feel like maybe that isn't expressed as clearly in the context, but yeah, it is very interesting, hey, because it clearly is if there's thousands of occurrences happening, it's obviously very pervasive. And... Mm. I wonder. I uh, actually had like yeah. a, a mild version of maybe it was future faking. I don't know. Um, on on dating apps, 
all the time where either straight after the first date after I met a guy or that or um, even sometimes before the first date and so many guys would be like oh my god like you know I never come across girls like you you're so this you're so that like you're so rare you're not like any of the other girls on these apps like um, I'm really excited like I want to see where this goes like I want to do this um, like I'm really genuine I promise like I re- I'm seeking something serious and then you have sex and actually like I'll fuck right. you again but <laughs> this is like I don't want to progress this further those kind of things and it's so common and I, I as soon as guys after a while as soon as someone messaged me saying oh my god you're so different to the other girls and blah 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 I instantly got the ick and I was like nah no it's going <laughs> and just shut them down straight away it's almost um, it's almost like there's is, this oh sorry go on I was going to say, which is funny because that's literally how I ended up in one of my other long-term relationships is by a guy saying all those things to me and getting flattered. And he was really genuine. Um, But because so many people said it like fake. And also um, me and two of my friends that were single at the same time, we live within the same, kind of in the same area. Uh, Well, back when I lived in Sydney. And we were always matching I've spoken about this before, but we were always matching the same guys constantly and talking to the same guys. And because we were always in each other's photos as well, sometimes they would be like, oh, I've known Eliza, I've met Eliza, or I've spoken to her or whatever. But what was really interesting is that we found that sometimes when the guys would send all these like messages to me being like, I'm like so fucking excited to go on a date with you. Like you seem so cool. And like, I really want to like, pursue this blah 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 like have you ever gone to coffs hub or have you ever gone here i'd be so keen to do that we're saying the exact same thing word to word to my two other friends like okay have you ever gone to coffs harbor i'd really like to take you there like like when we're like like coffs harbor all right well then that's definitely (laughs) something i've done i've used the same lines (laughs) on girls but that's (laughs) I mean, but were you okay, from making see. the same plans to multiple girls? No, it's different no, when you're like, no, a cool I don't think I've done that. Like to like, take you to. I think that's different. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, I definitely use. I had a rotation of whatever you want to call it, <laughs> online pickup lines or whatever. Uh, I don't think I ever said, "Hey, I'll, I'll take you to Coffs Harbour." No, n- never that. I would have. I wouldn't take anyone to Coffs Harbour. Jesus. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Great Big Banana. Good on you. Um, it's actually a really fun <laughs> kind of park there near the banana. Anyway, um, <laughs> I can see how that can come across as, well, first of all, very cringy and, and gross that a man's kind of saying the exact same thing to multiple girls. But look, with a the, with the dating environment the way it is, this might be a controversial thing to say here, but you you almost, for a lot of men, it feels like you have to do something like that. You have to kind of just put the feelers out so much. And then when you get some form of interest, then you're like, oh, finally, I've got some form of interest here and I can talk to her. Whereas yeah. I think from a female, tell me if I'm right here, from a female's perspective, because the way you would sift through online dating is you'd, you'd go, this guy looks very interesting and, and I'm going to match with him. Whereas for guys, it's kind of like, it's almost like we don't have the luxury to, to, to say, oh, this yeah. girl looks interesting. I'm just going to talk yeah. to her because 
chances are very, very slim she'd actually talk to you back. So what we tend to do is yeah. like, all right, for, uh, well, uh, match everyone first of all, but then also, all right, here are the ones I find attractive. I'm going to just match with them. And then out of that, it'll likely be, what, 1% that might match me back. And then I'll talk to them. And it is almost a numbers game. I can see how from a woman's perspective that can that could be quite demeaning, but from a man's perspective, it's it's almost like that there's you got no choice really. You kinda especially with online yeah. dating the way it is, you kinda just have to put yourself out there, try to engage with as many women as you can, and then based on the ones that actually reciprocate that interest, you pursue those. It's very, yeah, it's not I very romantic, that, is it? But <laughs> I know it's like a little science, isn't it? It is a gamble, yeah. but I think it's okay when guys send the same pickup line to everyone. I know guys do that. And in fact, many times that I had a pickup line, I'd be like, what's the success rate of this? I'd ask them and they'd be like 2% or something. Like it was never successful. That's pretty so good. you know no, that they good, copy and paste it. When they find something that gets... Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like winning. Um, when you find something that gets engagement or something that's funny or a story or something quirky, you use it because you know it's successful. I think that's totally, that's fine. I probably would do the same thing. Maybe I have, I don't know. But I think that it's kind of like different when you're saying like, you know, I think that you are the most special guy I've spoken to on this app. Like, I don't want to speak to anyone else. I, I really want to take you on a date this week. I want to take you to this place. I think that's kind of different. It's like disingenuine. Um, I think you can, you know, be repetitive and talk to multiple women and say the same pickup line and the same little introduction to what you do, etc. But I think that when you try to say like, you know, you're really special compared to everyone else, but you're saying that to everyone, I think that's kind of sneaky. Okay, I agree bit. with. Yeah, I would never yeah. say that to a guy unless I genuinely For meant sure. it. Yeah, that's just yeah. flat out lying, really. If you're, especially if you're saying that to multiple girls, I guess that's a yeah. Don't hate the player, hate the game, whatever it might have been. Yeah, back in the day, and it's obviously very yeah. successful. It's almost like there's this arms race so far. What based on our current cultural conditioning and technological factors and environmental factors there's this sort of ideal conception of what women want in a man or what at least should, is optimal in the current male cultural landscape but then men will just catch on to that and 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 do it in a disingenuous way so something like the the male feminist right so 10 years ago i remember there was a huge outcry for for men who were identifying as feminists and and were brave enough to say hey i'm a male feminist like i care about that and i remember distinctly a lot of women on social media saying that's so attractive we want that and then gradually they started to catch on to the fact that hey men are just saying this to get laid and you know it's 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 not very romantic to think about things that way but like that's just such a embedded behavioral code within us uh, and I know the stereotype, yeah. like we said in the last podcast, that you know, men just want it all the time and uh, always turned on, and that's not necessarily true. But uh, yeah, on average, we're we're I guess seeking uh, quantity because that's we're genetically designed to be able to copulate with multiple women, even in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas for a woman, it's you know th- there's much more parental investment when you've uh, 
when you've mated with someone and then there's assuming that the uh there's a conception there then there's a much bigger investment so there's far more um selective pressures there from from women and so a lot of this is is i guess our nature manifesting in just various d- different memes on cultural grounds you know i mean there was the in in shakespearean times and throughout uh recent history there was always the they just weren't called the fuck boy it was what was it the libertine it was a man who would just say those <laughs> same sorts of things i mean romeo and romeo and juliet was very much lusting over a new girl all the time and i think in that first scene it's his friend i've forgotten his friend's name but saying hey basically saying that whatever there is there's plenty of fish in the sea and he was just depressed because one girl had mm-hmm. i don't know if she'd rejected him or something like that and and then he meets juliet and then there's this passionate love story and they both end up killing themselves and i've, I've made this point a few times but there was actually a satire ironically enough it was a satire of mm. that sort of yeah. immature love when uh then our culture sort of accepted that as the ultimate love story haven't they so yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree i learned that from you <laughs> yeah and I'm, and I'm pretty look by all mm. means correct me if i'm wrong in the comments i haven't studied shakespeare to any great degree but i remember distinctly an english teacher telling me hey roman juliet was intended as a satire so uh <laughs> I can totally understand how it would be infuriating to have multiple men say certain things and then just not live up to that or renege on that in a very short amount of time. And then that can then inform your opinion of men as a class, generally speaking. So a lot of this is on men to stop lying, especially if it's with malicious intent. Don't look, we all want to get laid. Sure. When we're single and and even when we're in a relationship, but don't, you can do it without lying and you can you can be romantic and yeah. you can be um engaging in that regard but you also don't just don't lie that's a bit much isn't it yeah this is the thing is that i think men think in order to spark sexual desire that they have to well they know you know it, it is that kind of emotional cue that they're Uh, It relates so much to our last podcast, but you can be charming and romantic and flirtatious without actually indicating you want a commitment to a relationship. Like, you know, obviously I've met a lot of guys that are able to exhibit like this very flirtatious banter and humorous and build like a good connection of almost humor, but being really like, you know, flirtatious at the same time. And I never had an interpretation like oh this is going to turn into a romantic relationship and I feel like that's the best way to go about it because you know to a lot of people and women in particular like sex can be a big deal um and you know we grow up think hearing when you have sex with someone you have sex with someone that you love you have sex with someone you're in a relationship we don't grow up thinking and learning it's definitely times of changing though but we don't grow up with the kind of view of like explore your sexuality go out and sleep with people have fun we don't we don't have that um kind of narrative for us so when someone says I want to have, you know, I want to seek a relationship with you. And then you're intimate with them. You kind of feel like cheated. And, you know, there's all this stuff. There's actually like this controversy going around 
um, on TikTok at the moment. I tried to watch this 40 minute YouTube video unpacking it because I was interested in it where basically there's this guy, he's got a huge, huge um, account called Modern Warrior. Um, so he's a Native American. He basically calls out white people oh, all yeah. day, every day. That's like what he does. And um, he seems to have a type, which is white women that all look the same. And this girl called him out and it went viral. It's got millions of views and it went viral because she was so over the top dramatic. And like, there's um, there's a sound going out on, on TikTok you may have heard where she's like, you knew, you fucking knew. And everyone's using that sound. It's come from this woman. Okay. Where basically she said that um, Lance, which is modern warrior or this Native American guy, uh, he they were in like a long distant relationship. It was clearly romantic. He opened up to her about his traumas. He promised ABC. He said he wasn't seeing anyone else. Like he was basically saying, I'm falling in love with you. He flew her out to see her. They had unprotected sex. And then she went back and I think, I'm just saying this from memory, so it might be 100% factual, but like the day or two after she got back, she looked at TikTok. He'd filmed um, a TikTok with another woman that the day before she went there and she didn't see it, he'd slept with her. And she actually then said that this is like a form of, um, like it was coercion, which is a form of sexual assault because she was under the impression that he was loyal to her. She was under the impression that this was, a romantic relationship. She did not have informed consent. Um, and then it became this whole controversy. Like, girl, you willingly flew out there and had sex with him. He didn't force you. But then she said, well, I had sex with him under the impression of A, B, and C, which he had lied about. So who was in the right? Who was in the wrong? Is it sexual assault? Is it not? It's this whole thing. So really interesting in that aspect as well. And then two other girls that look exactly the same as this other girl, they're all white women with pixie cuts, had the same thing happen to them where they're like, I was also in an online long distance relationship with him and was cheated on and blah, blah, blah. And he's come out being like, look, like, shit, I'm sorry, like I hurt you. And that's just like connecting with people, basically. <laughs> hey, look at him go, colonizing the colonizers. A deep dive. <laughs> I know. And he's actually, you'll know him because he starts yeah, every I'm, video as, hey, colonizer. Yes, yeah. I'm very well. I'm off TikTok now. I mean, I post and then I get off it. It's too Are much. you? Yeah, it's, the, the algorithm <laughs> yeah. worked me out too much and it would be like five videos that I find hilarious and one that just triggered me to the nth degree and then that would hook me though and I'm off. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm go follow me on there. How... It's still my biggest... Uh, social media account <laughs> by all means I, I i let me reflect on some instances where say okay when i was in an open relationship sometimes mm. i didn't because it's you know it, it, sometimes it's and i reflect on this and i'm like look it was yeah i i pro i was in the wrong i should have been very open about it right from the get-go but i always sort of thought okay if it comes up i'll mention it but otherwise i'll just make it clear that i don't really want anything serious but not necessarily say i'm actually in an open relationship yeah and Which you know now i common. look back on that i'm like look i probably should have been very open with something like that but uh i it's i just knew like if i said that it would just obviously is gonna like 
diminish the the pool yeah. of potential people I could sleep with. So I guess maybe I was being manipulative and yeah. and, and lying there. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good reflection, can, yeah, and you're probably, true in that it does diminish it. It does definitely. So, <laughs> like, and it's not like I, I ever, it, yeah, I felt. Yes. I guess I justified it by being like, "Well, I'm not lying," and then if people asked, I always yeah. said it. Uh, and then sometimes I'd always yeah. broach the topic and see how the other person would respond, and then I'd maybe talk about it. But, um, mm, interesting. Um, because yeah. I think if we all reflect on when we're, you know, enamored by uh, someone or at least wanting to sleep around or whatever it may be, how uh, truthful are we in those situations and is withholding the full truth, is that the same as lying? That's a question we probably need to all yeah. ask, ask ourselves there. And um, I would guess most people, because they're influenced by extraordinary feelings of infatuation and and insecurities and and sort of just biological urges how objectively true are we all being in in dating scenarios and scenarios that involve romance and and love and that can probably be a good test of someone's character really uh because yeah, yeah look there you go I, I definitely haven't been i don't know yeah now looking back at that i probably yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one because if you if you someone's just looking for a casual sexual escapade and they make that clear, well, that's essentially what I was looking for anyway. So I I just was like, well, why do I need to, you know, articulate the fact that I'm also in an open relationship because it's going to be casual regardless. So yeah, the the sort of justification we give ourselves can sometimes lead us astray. Although having yeah. said that, I don't know. I don't. I don't look, maybe I don't. I don't think. Th- I don't think I did anything like a very wrong there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. interesting, isn't it? How it, yeah. people can just blatantly and it's lie. How I almost feel like, because listening to this, I, I think like, oh, yeah, Neil probably should have told people that, blah, blah, blah. But then I was thinking, well, what if he was out on a bar, just started kissing a girl in the club and goes home with her? Well, then he doesn't have to tell her. And I was like, what makes that different um in my head where i was thinking one is right one is wrong or one you have to or one you don't have to so it's interesting how different contexts can kind of influence that because if you picked up a girl in a club you're hooking up you're going home and you both got a clear idea it's a one night stand you might not have to tell each other your life story and tell each other this is you know people you might not even have conversation but then i think for Tinder and stuff like that, maybe it's different because people that are on Tinder, it's the expectation is that, or the assumption, I'd say not expectation, but the assumption is that that person is completely single, no ties attached or whatever. But mm. yeah, it's interesting how it's kind of different in a way, but but it's not. But I just respond differently to those two scenarios with when you should disclose that or when you shouldn't. But yeah, it's always just easier to err on the side of caution. Yeah. And then it comes down to a whole other issue though, which we actually talked about. We did a podcast on this, I think a while ago about how much do you disclose to your romantic partners? Like, do you have to disclose that you have mental illness? Do you have to disclose if you're transgender? Um, because a lot of people that are transgender choose not to. One, they may have had the surgery or two for their, just for their safety, they choose not to. But then people are like, well, I would have never, ever 
kissed you or got intimate with you or let you give me head or whatever, if I had known you were transgender and I feel like my consent was not genuine. Um, and, you know, there's a whole kettle of fish there. So it, I feel like you can, it can also, almost, coercion could be anything. Like, well, I didn't know you were going to be fucking batshit crazy and I, when I had sex with you, so I'm coerced. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really like gray area. It's tricky. Yeah, all of these are so gray area. It's interesting you bring up that thing about that modern warrior guy because there is a phenomenon that has been observed where people who are often the most woke and critical about white people always end up dating and falling and sleeping with white people. Uh, Certain politicians in America and certain uh, other notable figures who are... very vocal about uh, systemic racism and, and, you know, their cultural ideas. And they almost always invariably end up with uh, with a white person, which, sure, they'd yeah. probably argue and say, well, what does that got to do with systemic issues? But I can't help but feel, yeah. is there some sort of... Because the, the, the accusation that's often leveled to people like me who... and, and Say someone like Africa Brooke, Coleman Hughes. I did a conversation with Africa. Good little time to spruik yes, it. Go it's watch amazing. that. Yeah. Uh, so we're often called out for having internalized racism. So we have this subconscious idea that uh, whiteness is superior, and therefore we're trying to uh, yield to that and uh, right. not upset the given order of things when. Well, I would put it to these people, internalized racism sounds like someone who's sort of internalized the idea that they are inferior because of their race. And the way a lot of these progressive activists talk about themselves and and their culture and their conditions in comparison to white people, it almost seems like they're the ones who see white people who are just inordinately Mm. privileged and get to live this esteemed life without any conflict or issues or at least issues in conflict nowhere near to the same degree that a person of color would to the extent where Mm. only a person of color can talk about these issues so often i almost wonder if this is a you know this is some sort of projection that's occurring and a lot of things that right-wing people always come back to is that well martin luther king always slept with white girls and he always uh purchased a lot of white prostitutes and i'm pretty sure that's actually widely known i don't think anyone actually kind of disputes that but they always bring that up as Mm. a as a way of sort of owning (laughs) owning black activists Mm. which i mean it is it's something to it's a phenomenon to actually take into account it's interesting i don't think it's something that would discredit what that man did but yeah it's the the race stuff is very interesting yeah and it's so common. I do think sometimes either like I do wonder, was that desire already there? And then you kind of hate yourself for having that desire. So you try to project it outwards or was it the other way around in which you have that hatred towards a community or whatever that that hate is passionate hate. And then it kind of links in with sexual desire because we see so commonly, you know, say like racist men from Texas, white men from Texas that 
secretly always have sex with black girls and stuff like that or military men and cross-dressing and being obsessed with having sex with transgender women a really interesting kind of things and even like um gandhi the, yeah <laughs> which i recently I should, learned i should uh, he, say, um, yeah he, he was like about supposed to be abstinent and against relationships or not against relationships because he was the holy one, whatever. But then he had all these 12, 10 year old, 13 year old girls that he oh. would make sleep in their, in his bed with him every single night to um, say that, they, you know, to, to show their devotion to him. But then a lot of people were like, were saying afterwards that it was, you know, some speculations of sexual assault and rape so who knows i mean uh, that's just from a from a vague memory so please don't like please look into that but i know that he had 13 year old girls in his bed <laughs> yeah every night. i've definitely um, heard certain yeah stories about him that are now coming to light that had maybe been brushed over because he was yeah he's such a i mean he is a god in india well for yeah. him and yeah yeah that sort of stuff doesn't uh, bode well when it's talked about amongst a lot of the Indian population there. But uh, very interesting, isn't it? Uh, And another big one is a lot of anti-gay activists often, almost always, are found out with a a, um, gay prostitute. And I'm pretty sure Eddie Murphy, who did a whole... Now people are trying to sort of... Well, they've already tried, but because it happened in the 80s, it's hard to cancel someone for what they said in the 80s. But he has quite a famous set about uh, gay people, uh, which you look at now and you're like, whoa, (laughs) that wasn't that long ago. Uh, And then he was caught with a, um, I can't remember if it was a man, but it was was definitely, it might have been a transvestite prostitute or a transgender prostitute. And so it's just can't help but feel that there's a at least a semblance of projection that seems to be occurring yeah. here that they're hiding something deep within themselves and 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 some actually who are ardently christian would would actually be open about that they'd say well why is it that they get to experience these feelings when i've had to suppress that because it's the righteous thing to do and that's where a lot of that mm-hmm. hatred comes from which i can even mm-hmm. i can that makes sense i mean oh these people get to do this thing that i've always been told is unholy and wrong i've had to suppress that and that's been really hard for me fuck them why do they get to do that i can see how that can lead to a significant um amount of anger but to come back to our initial topic here future faking how can people how can people avoid being future faked whilst also not avoiding really nice partners who are actually being honest and genuine with what they say is it that if it seems too unrealistic you should take your chances and say it's probably unlikely but then you know with a situation like yours a lot of your friends said that was unrealistic so how can people avoid that situation is it just always a game of chance you always have to (laughs) kind of take a risk either way what do you think I think the trick is that, you know, it's it's hard to say time's going to tell because how much time is that going to be that you have to invest? Is it two years? Is it one year? Is it six months? Whatever. But I think that what's really important is that you don't sell yourself. You don't fall in love with 
the projection of the future you fall in love with the person that's in front of you in this very moment and, and so it's really important to stay conscious like people can say whatever they want to you um whether or not you take that as a red flag is going to be up to you but i wouldn't i wouldn't believe anything i'll just be like us I'll, I'll see it when i see it or whatever um or just you know enjoy it and think that it's nice that they're saying that but that's not what i'm falling in love with it's it's this because i know um, a friend of mine was dating a guy um, and she really, really was struggling in her relationship with him and she kind of wanted to break up with him for a really long time. But he was like, I'm, I really want to, you know, buy a house. I want to get married. I want to have kids with you. And she, it's like, it was not future faking because he was actually genuine, but she didn't break up with him because of the, the prospect of their future sounded so good together. Um, mm. and I just thought that was such a sad thing. She wasn't like in love with him and it actually happened with my ex-boyfriend as well. Not for me, but my mom was like, and I told her like, I'm breaking up with whatever. And she was like, don't, don't do it. Like this man treats you so good, Eliza. Like he, he's going to give you such an amazing future. Don't do it. Like you'll really regret it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and it really like confused me for a bit. Like, fuck, maybe I shouldn't. Like, yeah, actually he would be a really good dad. He would do this. Like I would have a really secure future. Obviously I did it anyway. And then um, my mom's more obsessed with Adrian than she has been with any of my previous partners anyway. So it's been like, it was fine. But it, it was interesting how like she was so scared of the future I was losing by breaking up with a partner and how many women and then probably guys as well um ref don't break up with someone for that reason for the future that hasn't even happened mm. so don't don't fall no. in that trap yeah don't definitely don't because again all of this is contextual but uh yeah you can live a lavish lifestyle with all the idyllic components of a great romantic future, the nice house and the dog and the family and the beautiful water view, whatever it may be. But if, if you're not enjoying the actual time you spend with this person, all of that is for nothing. All of that is useless, yeah. really. As yeah. cliche as that sounds, really what matters is how do I get along with this person on a day-to-day -day level? What is my experience with this person like on average each day? That's really, I think, what you should mm. be asking. And then, yeah, sure, do our... Uh, plans for the future line but that's something that yeah which is still yeah, really important yeah. it is but it, you know take yeah. use some common sense here i think i mean if if one week in someone's yeah. saying all these grand romantic things yeah. i mean i would take that with a grain of salt sure but you a know if, if a couple of, of months in they're not even willing to talk <laughs> yeah. about the future then then that's probably the other extreme where okay like we, like, we got to plan this yeah. to a certain degree so i'll just exactly use a bit of common sense here but it can be difficult. It can be tricky. It almost seems like, man, women are so influenced by their their friend group and 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 maybe their mothers and and things. And they know it can almost the determine the relationship. <laughs> it's yeah, it is. I mean, it yeah. I, it, it, it. I think uh, I don't know exactly what was said in in previous relationships there, but it's almost changed the course of uh, certain relationships. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say yeah. that's a bad thing at all. You should definitely have a support network, but. From my perspective, what's what's hurtful is when someone says something to you and and wants to do something one way and feels about you a certain way, 
only for them the next day to hang out with their girlfriends and then completely change their narrative about they get angry what's again. occurred. And like, yeah. I'm actually really mad about this thing you did. I'm like, oh, are you or are your friends mad? You know? And then I get angry. And then, yeah, anyway, yeah. that's a, <laughs> that's a terrible uh, so situation. True. But yeah. We should do a mm. podcast on that one day. Definitely. The friends. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let's yes. do let's do that maybe the next yeah. one. We'll see. But uh we'll wrap that one yeah. up there. Thank you guys for listening. And uh neilcolhatka.com slash podcast if you'd like to send in a topic, a question, or a shout out. All the money goes straight to charity. Uh neildan.com. Come see me live. I'm performing weekly in Sydney, monthly in Western Sydney, Melbourne, Newcastle, and soon Brisbane. Soon. So taking over the whole East Coast. And yes, go to crushorganics.com. Crush with a K. Use the code Neil for 40% off. We'll see you next time, guys. See you next week.